the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. City, WLCC, Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Download the Faith Talk Tampa app or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre-recorded. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's why the goal of our lives should be to get to know Christ better, to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ, not to reinterpret him to fit our own desires. There are some people who are just never satisfied, never satisfied with with God, never satisfied with Christ. There's a restlessness there. And yet the Bible calls us to grow in our understanding of him. Let's look at 2 Peter. It's a letter designed to deal with false teaching, and that's why it makes it so relevant for us to understand and so applicable, because in the midst of false teaching, do you know what Peter's main message is in 2 Peter? It's true knowledge. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, notice how many times he speaks of true knowledge. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. In other words, you have that knowledge. You don't need to change your understanding of Christ. Verse 8, if these qualities are yours and are increasing... They render you neither useless nor unfruitful in what? The true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. by verse where we are currently studying Hebrews chapter 13. Our teacher, Pastor Steve Kreloff, is warming up his vocal cords and he'll be with us shortly. In our previous session, we started off talking about the importance of sound doctrine and we are going to come back to that in today's program. If you and I are to resist Satan's temptation to change our thinking about sound doctrine, then we need to have a thorough understanding of the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Most theological error involves a misunderstanding of Christ's character, a distortion, something that is out of balance about Christ. This involves knowing more than the gospel accounts of Christ's life on earth. We need to understand the attributes of Christ. So with that in mind, I think we are in for a full meal today. Here now is Pastor Steve Kreloff. Jesus Christ never changes. And here's this famous verse, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, yes, and the writer says, and forever. Probably more messages from the book of Hebrews have been preached on this one verse than any other verse. But I think that it's a very misunderstood verse. Very misunderstood. So let me first explain what it does not mean And then we'll see what it does mean. A lot of people look at this verse and interpret it to mean something like this. Since Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then he must do the same things today. That is, the same things that he did in the past. 
And for example, what they would say, this is how they would apply it. They'd say, look, if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and yesterday when Jesus was on earth 2,000 years ago, he healed everyone who came to him. Therefore, he inevitably must do the same today since he never changes. And that's a rather common interpretation of this verse, that whatever he did while on earth or whatever he might have done during Old Testament times, he's going to have to do today because he never changes. Well, notice again verse 8. Let's read it again. I want you to notice it closely. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, yes, and forever. Notice it does not say that Jesus Christ does the same yesterday, today, and forever, but that he what? Is the same. This has nothing to do with what he does. This has everything to do with what he is. The point that the writer to the Hebrews is making is that Jesus Christ, in his character, in his character, never changes. He is always the same. And do you know why? Because he is perfect. And perfection cannot be improved upon. You cannot improve upon perfection. He couldn't possibly change. Now, he has changed in the way he has ruled this world. He has changed not in his character, but he changes in the way that he rules the world. For example, we don't sacrifice little lambs today. We don't have new revelation coming today. He doesn't rule us that way. We don't have apostles today. We're not in a temple today. You're in a building. This isn't the temple. There is no temple in Jerusalem. So he does change in the sense of the way he rules the world, just as you make adjustments in the way you have ruled over your children and led them throughout every age. So he has changed, but his character never changes. The Jesus Christ that you accepted in the past is the same one that you need to follow all of your life. That's the point. He will never change with the times. You will never need to update your theology. You can just relax on that. You never need to update your theology. You will never need to alter your view of Christ to make him more relevant and contemporary. We see a lot of people doing that. They think, well, maybe I didn't interpret this right. Maybe there is something to the feminist movement. And you know, the church jumps on the bandwagon of everything that comes down the pike from the world. And we think, oh, we didn't interpret this right. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's why the goal of our lives should be to get to know Christ better, to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ, not to reinterpret him to fit our own desires. There are some people who are just never satisfied Never satisfied with with God. Never satisfied with Christ. There's a restlessness there. And yet the Bible calls us to grow in our understanding of him. Let's look at 2 Peter. It's a letter designed to deal with false teaching. And that's why it makes it so relevant for us to understand and so applicable. Because in the midst of false teaching, do you know what Peter's main message is in 2 Peter? It's true knowledge. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, notice how many times he speaks of true knowledge. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. In other words, you have that knowledge. You don't need to change your understanding of Christ. Verse 8, if these qualities are yours and are increasing... They render you neither useless nor unfruitful in what? The true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Chapter 3, verse 18. Notice how he ends this great letter. But grow in the grace and knowledge 
of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If you and I are to resist Satan's temptation to change our thinking about sound theology, then we need to have a thorough understanding of the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Because most, and mark this down, most theological error involves a misunderstanding of Christ's character, a distortion, something out of balance, something out of whack, something that's not right about Christ. For example, if he's all love, and you hear people say this, well, he's all love. I don't believe that God would ever send the person to hell. He's all love. Then you're going to miss the point of God's holiness, and you're going to misunderstand salvation, and you're going to misunderstand the doctrine of hell. Or if you're off on his power, and you think that his power is limited, then you're not going to really understand God's sovereignty and the fact that Jesus can do anything. Or if you're off on his deity and humanity, you're off on the cross, the very heart of our faith. Now, what this means is that you need to know more about Christ than just stories in the Gospels. And that's where most of us are coming from. We know the stories, but we don't understand the theology behind the stories. We know the Gospel accounts, but we don't understand his attributes, such as his mercy, his goodness, his grace, his compassion, his righteousness, his justice, his wrath, his love. If you understand his attributes, then this will keep you from being sucked into some cult or false religion that sounds good on the outside, but it's not. Or some group that overemphasizes one attribute to the neglect of another attribute. And you see there has to be balance because his attributes work together. Now, if Jesus Christ is unchanging in his character, then it only makes sense that Bible doctrine concerning him is unchanging as well. And that brings us to the third reason why we must never change our belief about Jesus Christ. Number one, Spiritual leaders never change. True godly leaders never change. Secondly, Jesus Christ never changes in his character. And the third reason, and this is the heart of this passage, is that Bible doctrine never changes. Bible doctrine never changes, especially doctrine about him. Verse 9, as we look back at Hebrews chapter 13. Do not be carried away by varied and strange teachings. Now, just as in our day, there are all kinds of strange teachings that claim to be true and they claim to be biblical, so in the first century, the Hebrews were faced with a variety of strange teachings. That's what he means. They're varied, they're strange, there's a variety of them, and they're strange. They're contrary, they're foreign to the gospel. And some of the Hebrews were buying into the error of the false teachers. It says they were carried away. What does that mean? It means to be removed, to be led away. And who's doing that? Satan is behind that, doing that. Satan's goal is to remove you from sound doctrine to error. And you ought to understand that. That's his goal. And you might ask yourself, why? Why is he so concerned what I believe? Have you ever wondered about that? Why is Satan so concerned about what you believe? What possible difference does it make to him? Why does he want to remove you from sound doctrine and have you believe a lie? Because what you believe determines how you behave. What you believe will be reflected in your life. And if it's error, then it will lead to sin. It's as simple as that. And that's why Satan attacks the mind. That's why the battle is won or lost in your mind. For example, remember back in Genesis where God gave specific instructions to Adam and Eve that they were not to eat of that certain tree. But Satan came and deceived Eve and he said, you won't die. God said that you die, but you won't die. Instead, your eyes will be opened. God wants your eyes to be closed. In fact, 
If you take of this fruit, then you will be like God, understanding good and evil. And what Satan was really saying is that God's not interested in your welfare. God doesn't really care about you. If he cared about you, he'd say you could do whatever you want. He doesn't care about you. And so Eve bought into that lie, and the Bible says that she believed that. She was deceived by Satan. And you say, well, how does that apply to me? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 says it applies very much to us. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, because the same methodology that Satan used with Eve, he uses with us. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3. But I am afraid, lest as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds should be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. And then in verse 4, he speaks about another Jesus. Someone's going to entice you to another Jesus. Eve was told a lie by Satan, and we're told lies. And what Eve did with that lie, well, you and I are paying the consequence of that today. And that's what he tries with us, to corrupt us through lying to us, to deceiving us. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, you don't need to turn there, but remember what the Apostle Paul said, be not conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by what? Do you remember? The renewing of your mind, the renovating, the taking in the word of God, because otherwise you'll be conformed to this world. Your behavior will fit what your mind believes. Romans chapter 1 Verse 25, you don't need to turn there again, but you ought to know this. Romans chapter 1, verse 25 says, For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. The whole pagan world, basically, when they believed a lie, it led to idolatry. You see, you just can't isolate a lie. You just can't say, well, I believe this, but it doesn't affect how I live. How you live is determined by what you believe. And so Satan wants us to believe the wrong thing. Now, how do we get protection from believing error that leads to sin? Well, God has provided protection for us. And that's where you do need to turn is Ephesians chapter 4, because it's outlined for us how God protects us from error. Ephesians 4, beginning at verse 11. Concerning Christ, it says, And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. So Jesus has given leaders to the church. Why? for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So let's just stop there for a moment. God gives teachers to the church, teachers who are sound, teachers who live godly lives to the church, to equip us, and that means mature us and bring us to maturity in Christ. You're matured by the word of God. But it goes on to say, verse 14, as a result, we are no longer to be children, not to be like little kids, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness in deceitful scheming. That's what Satan wants to do, you know. And there are some Christians who are just like little kids. There's no discernment. They'll put anything in their mouth. You ever notice that about an infant? doesn't matter what's lying on the ground. They'll put it in their mouth. And that's the way it is with some Christians. No matter what is taught, they'll try to digest it. They'll take it. Just get somebody up there and say, Jesus loves you. And then go into some ridiculous thing. Oh, but he must be godly. But look, he said Jesus loves you. And they'll just digest it. Well, the Bible says that God protects us 
through pastors and teachers who teach the word of God and build us up in the faith. Be very careful. Be very careful about that. The reason that some believers never seem to grow up spiritually is either because they don't allow their pastors to equip them with God's word. They're not listening or they don't believe it or they're not in church or they don't go to a church and they ought to. Or they don't have pastors who teach them. And if that's the case, then they ought to go to a church where they do have pastors who teach them. There's no other reason to stay in a church if you're not being equipped the word of God. You see, there are some believers who are just blown away by whatever comes down the pike. Every new thing, and that's what Paul is saying in verse 14, as a result, we're no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine. But there are some people who are like that. Everything that comes along, they're just blown away. And I say that you have the opportunity here, if you listen to the word of God, not to be swept by error. And I'll tell you one of the pet peeves that gets to me as a pastor. Someone will either call me up or they'll see me in the back and they'll ask me a question about something in the Bible. And you know what? (laughs) This may not sound that funny to you, but it's funny to me. It's not funny at the time. It's only funny now when I'm speaking to you. You know what? I'll think, wait a minute, we went over that last week. Or I just spoke about that. And I'll say something to them like, we just spoke about that last week. Weren't you listening? And I'll tell you something, that's very, very frustrating for a pastor. And so sometimes we have to blame ourselves that we're not listening. And I understand the nature of communication, that people tune you in and out. But you've got to try to focus. That's why many times I pray that we'll have attentive hearts and minds. Because one of the saddest things is that when you stand before the Lord and give an account of your life, that he may say to you, how come you weren't listening? You had so much truth preached at you, you only got a fourth of it. So you have to listen. And as you listen, you take in and you apply it and you'll grow. First John chapter 2, verse 14. There's another great passage, great verse, that tells us how we overcome the evil one. John writes, I have written to you fathers, it means spiritual fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I have written to you young men because you are strong. And he means spiritually strong. And how are they spiritually strong? Why are they spiritually strong? Well, it says, and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. That's how you overcome the evil one. It's through the truth of scripture. It's through scripture. The way to overcome the enemy is by God's word living in you. And that is how even the Lord Jesus Christ counteracted Satan's lies when he was in the wilderness being tempted. He said, it is written. And as we heard at the Moody Evening School banquet last Friday night, as Dr. Shower spoke about that, the Lord could have done anything else. He is God. Anything he would have said to Satan would have had the same authority as Scripture, and yet he fell back on Scripture and he said, it is written. What an example to us. It's the Word of God. Acts chapter 20 is another passage of Scripture in which we're told to combat the enemy by the Word of God, by our understanding of the Word. Acts chapter 20, beginning at verse 28. The apostle Paul is saying to the elders of the church at Ephesus as he's leaving them, they're meeting on the islands of Miletus in the Aegean Sea, and he says, Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. So he's saying there's going to be satanic activity going on here. Now, how do you deal with that? Well, he's already has told them to shepherd the church of God. 
to be good shepherds. But verse 31 says, Therefore be on the alert, remembering that night and day for the period of three years I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. I taught you the word of God, and I'm warning you, you need to do the same thing, because he says, verse 32, And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. The only thing Paul could do, he was leaving them. He said, look, you're the shepherds. you got to take care of the flock. I've set an example for you. I've taught you day and night. I've warned you. And now the only thing I can do is leave you with not only my example, but the word of God. I commend you to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. It's his word that is the protection we have from error. So as we go back to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 9, we see that some of these Hebrews were being carried off into various doctrines that were foreign to the gospel of Christ. Now, we don't know all the details of these heretical doctrines because as you look at verse 9, it was not just one thing. He said they were varied. That means there was a variety of these things floating around. But we do know that one major element of the false doctrine that was going around in that day was concerning dietary food. Verse 9 goes on to say, Do not be carried away by varied and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened or established by grace, not by foods, through which those who were thus occupied were not benefited. The error had to do with food, Jewish dietary laws, going back under the kosher system, And this appealed to them very much as Jewish people. Why not, they said. This is how we were raised. The issue boils down to this. And this is really the heart of the book of Hebrews in many ways. Do food and other Old Testament regulations help us to maintain a closer walk with God? Do the externals of religion help us to maintain a close walk with God? The spirituality based upon the food you eat. Now, there are many people today, many people, Christians, who are very health conscious And they'll tell us, we've got to get back to this. We've got to go back to the Old Testament, and we've got to get back to the law, because that's the way God wants us to eat, and that will benefit our spiritual lives. But according to this verse, at the end he says, those who were thus occupied were not benefited. didn't benefit those people spiritually in the Old Testament. doesn't benefit people now, spiritually. It might benefit you health-wise, but that's not the issue here. Not everything we eat is healthy, granted. Some things are healthier than others. But the question is, does it affect us spiritually? And the answer is no, not at all. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 8. I'm just going to read you a few verses on this and see how very clear the word of God is. Paul writes, but food will not commend us to God. We are neither the worse if we do not eat, nor the better if we do eat. And he's speaking about eating certain foods that offended other people. Paul said it doesn't affect you spiritually at all. You want to eat it? You can eat it. It doesn't affect you spiritually. You don't want to eat it? It doesn't. You don't have to eat it. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And then I think that perhaps the most powerful verse in the New Testament letters is 1 Timothy chapter 4. But the Spirit explicitly says, verse 1, that in the latter times some will fall away or depart from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron. Men who forbid marriage. Isn't that interesting? 
and advocate abstaining from foods. Oh, so they've gotten into this food stuff for spirituality. Watch this, which God has created to be gratefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude. For it is sanctified by means of the word of God and prayer. You know what he's saying? Eat anything you want, just be thankful for it. Just pray and say, Lord, thank you, and then gobble it up. Eat it whatever you want. That's what he's saying. Don't refuse anything on the basis of spirituality. Now, you can have any diet you want, but don't equate eating in a healthy way with benefiting you spiritually. That's a physical thing. Now, you see, these Hebrews were in danger of slipping back into the law, outward rules that they thought pleased God. What a great lesson today. Pastor Steve asked and answered some important questions. Do food and other external regulations help us to maintain a closer walk with God? Do the religious things we do help us to maintain a close walk with God? Is spirituality based upon what we do or what we don't do? Pastor Steve has more to teach us about that on our next Verse by Verse program, so you won't want to miss that. I would like to mention the website for Lakeside Community Chapel of Clearwater, Florida. It is lakesidechapel.com. There you will find more information about Lakeside and the various ministries there. If you are in the Clearwater area, you can also find the location where the church meets and the service times at lakesidechapel.com. Thanks for listening today. I hope you can join us next time for Verse by Verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.